1: first down to the 15th. Newt's looking that way, and now fires for Gandalf Field, touchdown!
2: average panthers podcast thank you for listening and making us a part of your wonderful weekend appreciate everybody listening when i think um two weekends ago we had ian glendon on um, did not get a podcast in last week Uh, my wife and i actually tried to escape the hurricane So, you know, what I said when I started this thing is that, you know, as long as there's no hurricane, I won't miss podcasts. Well, there's a hurricane, guys, and I missed one, so I apologize for it. Um, But we were on, um, earlier in the week, we were on the Full Press Fantasy podcast. We were on there. Appreciate those guys, Kyle Sinner, for having us on. That was a total blast, and so we're going to kind of piggyback off of that today. This will be our fantasy podcast today to get you prepped for this fantasy season if you're looking at taking any panthers podcast this is the podcast for you um so let's start off with the most obvious one let's start off with christian mccaffrey and his fantasy value um there are about four or five guys every year that literally i just don't think you can overpay for And I think Christian McCaffrey is one of those guys this year. So let's talk about the running game first. So let me tell you right now, Matt Rule, first of all, he's very very into the run. Everybody looks at what he did at Baylor and they think about the passing. Listen, they ran last year at Baylor about 50% of the time. It was about a 50-50 split between running and passing. He wants to run the ball. Now, at Baylor, he really did utilize multiple running backs. But behind Christian McCaffrey... What have you got? Reggie Bonifant, Jordan Scarlett, Mike Davis, Trenton Cannon just came in from the Jets. Um, It actually happened uh, Tuesday, right before we recorded our podcast, uh, he was picked up from the Jets. So, listen, I don't think behind McCaffrey you have a legitimate running back option on this team. I, I just, I don't think so. I think McCaffrey, unfortunately... It's going to be 30 to 35 carries a game. And you can't ask, if you're going to win games, okay, if this team's going to win, you can't ask Teddy Bridgewater to throw 35, 40 times a game. It's just not going to happen. He Bridgewater will be more comfortable between 25 and 30 times per game. Now, I do think you will see more and more snaps. I think you're going to see a lot of um, empty backfield sets with this team. Because I think they like the receiving core. I mean, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel. You can throw in Farrell Cooper in a lot of these sets as well. So I think you're going to see a lot of four or five receiving sets. And I don't think they want Christian McCaffrey on the field for every play. The way Matt Rule likes to coach, he likes a lot of guys. all He likes a lot of substitutions. He likes a lot of guys subbing in and out. Which I think is going to be really interesting. Because I think you'll end up getting some sets where maybe it's Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel out there, but DJ Moore is pulled back. Or, I mean, it, it, any of that combination, I think, could happen. Uh, but I don't think Christian McCaffrey has lost any value with this offense, especially with the running game. And the more I look at this offensive line, I, again, I, it's not an offensive line that I love. It's an offensive line that I really like. Um and speaking of the Jets, they released starting guard Brian Winters to clear up some cap space. Um, Winters had 79 career starts. So thinking of McCaffrey, keep an eye on if the Panthers go pick up another player from the New York Jets and bring Brian Winters onto this team, um, I think there's a very good potential to, you're going to have a very legitimate offensive line in Carolina. You put McCaffrey behind it, he's going to run a lot. So barring any injury. And you can't, I don't think you can pick fantasy players and predict for injuries. So that's not really how I plan things. Unless you just get a guy who is consistently injured year over year, which is not the case with Christian McCaffrey. So Christian McCaffrey is a guy that I would absolutely spend the money on. The question I think is going to become with him is... Does his receptions tick down? If you look at Teddy Bridgewater, he's not the type of guy that throws a lot of passes to running backs. He just doesn't do it. He didn't do it a lot in New Orleans. He didn't do a lot do it a lot in Minnesota. Um, in fact, if you go look at Minnesota, the year he did it the most was twenty fourteen, um, where he had. Uh, Matt Asayida, Jarek McKinnon, and Adrian Peterson on that team. I mean, McKinnon had, let's see, 27 receptions. Um, Asayida did end up with 44 that year. Um, but, like, again, this, this was the most, and Adrian Peterson only had two. So he's not the type of guy to throw a lot of passes to the running backs. Um he, he, he wants the passes going to his receivers and his tight ends. It wasn't a lot of screen passes, which is going to be interesting because Matt Rule has a lot of screen passes. So I I, I think you could see Christian McCaffrey's receptions tick down a little bit, but his run, running yards, that's where I think you're going to see a lot of value because the only way the Panthers are going to win seven, eight games, which I think they're very capable of, is if Christian McCaffrey has – you know, a 14 1,500-yard season. That's the only way I think this is going to work. And, by the way, I think there is good potential for him to have that many yards. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to blow up this year. So, if you're thinking, you know, what is, what's my cap on Christian McCaffrey? You know, here's here's the thing I I think about with this. Because people have caps for McCaffrey. You know, you're always going to cap these high-end players. McCaffrey, uh, Hopkins, all those guys. Well, if you're taking a high-end player like that, Okay, either you're, you're going to say, okay, well, my cap, if I'm going to do a, I mean, obviously, if you're doing a snake draft, you know, first round, it doesn't matter really what the value is. But if you're doing a um, salary cap draft, or an auction draft, rather, then you got to figure out, okay, what's the dollar value on these guys? So if you've got a $200 cap, and you're going to say, well, my dollar value on, you know, Hopkins or McCaffrey is $70, well, okay, so are you really saying that if it's $72, it looks like everybody else is out, that you're not willing to spend an extra $2 to have that guy, to have Christian McCaffrey? Okay, so you can't really put a cap on it, because whatever the cap is, I mean, unless it's just going absurdly above the cap, in, in which case you're, you're dealing with somebody just making a dumb move, but unless it's just going absurdly above the cap, you can't really just put a cap on these guys. Um, now, the flip side of that equation is... If you're going to have a cap, the only way you can do it appropriately is if your cap is too low. Because these guys aren't going to go for $50, $55. They're going $60, $65 plus in these cap leagues so or in these auction drafts. So you can't have a cap on a guy like Christian McCaffrey. There, there's no other player in the league that's going to match his production. So, of course, if it's a snake draft, first round you take him. If it's an auction draft, I don't think there's necessarily a limit. Because Christian McCaffrey is just that valuable. Um, now that's the obvious part. So let's move on to uh, other parts of this team and how it relates to fantasy. So I, a lot of guys I think are making a big mistake when they look at Teddy Bridgewater and his value. So so let me let me be clear on this. I would not, if I were doing a fantasy draft, I would not take Teddy Bridgewater to be my starting quarterback. I think he's a great. Backup option. Of course, if you're in a deeper league, you know, if you're in a 20 team league, maybe he fits somewhere in there. But again, I think there's a difference between a great team quarterback, which I think Bridgewater is a fine franchise quarterback and a good fantasy quarterback. And I don't think Bridgewater is a good fantasy quarterback. Um, uh, I mean like Matthew Stafford historically has been a pretty good fantasy quarterback, but I mean, look at the Lions production and wins. They don't win a lot of games. So I, I don't necessarily think it translates to wins. So Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think presents a lot of fantasy value. Now, a lot of guys are looking at what he did with the Saints. I think it's a mistake. He had nine passing touchdowns with the Saints over a period of five games. If you would have started the full season, I would have made the argument. He, you know, you could take that type of production and, If he starts a full season, he would have had 30 touchdown passes. That's not going to happen. If you look at what he did in Minnesota, both the years he was in Minnesota, both years he had 14 touchdown passes. Now he ran for a couple touchdowns as well, but both years it was 14 touchdown passes. That was early in his career, so he's now much more in his prime, so he's better than that. Not what you're going to see last year. He also doesn't have Michael Thomas, so when you're trying to figure out how many touchdowns does Teddy Bridgewater throw? You got to think about a lot of things in this. You got to think about that. You got to think about the fact that, you know, we're coming or we're coming to this whole coronavirus thing. So these guys don't have a lot of chemistry together. I think Bridgewater is somewhere realistically between 19 and 23 touchdown passes this year. That's where I think he's at. As far as rushing touchdowns, that to me is the part that's so unpredictable about this, right? Because in Minnesota... He averaged about two and a half, three rushing touchdowns per year. But now last year, they the Saints didn't let him run at all. Well, was that because that's just the way Sean Payton wanted to coach him or wanted him to play? Because if Drew Brees is out, now you put in Teddy Bridgewater. What's your backup behind him? You don't really have a great plan. Um, so you don't want Bridgewater taking any chance at getting injured. So I think they kept him in the pocket because of that. But was it more about keeping him in the pocket because of the injury he previously had in Minnesota? That's what I don't know. And so, if it was because of the latter in that, then I don't think Matt Rule is going to take any chances with him. And I think Bridgewater is going to very, very much be a pocket presence quarterback. And I think you could take those rushing touchdowns off the board, in which case, now you're getting somewhere between 19 to 23 touchdowns total. Um, and then passing yards, I mean, I think it's going to be somewhere between 3,000, maybe 3,500 tops. I don't think you're going to see him pass for a ton of yards either because, again, Matt Rule, you got to think about this division, too. Matt Rule doesn't want to get into uh, a slinging contest with the Saints, the Falcons, or the Bucks. Why? Because all three of those teams have great receiving combinations, all three of those teams have. Uh, big name quarterbacks Matt Ryan Tom Brady Drew Brees he does not want to go toe to toe with them and the best running back in the division is easily Christian McCaffrey with the Panthers so Matt ruled in order for this team to win games he's going to utilize that a whole lot more than he will this passing game now I still think this passing game has a lot of value so what do we think about these receivers DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson I'm going to make the argument that Robbie Anderson could very legitimately be a better fantasy receiver than DJ Moore. Hear me out on this. We're going to get to it right when we come back here. I'm going to tell you why I think Robbie Anderson has more fantasy value than DJ Moore. This is the Full Press Coverage Panthers podcast. We'll be right back. Nobody open. We got the wrong song playing here. We'll be right back. song. Thank you for joining me. Sorry about the audio slip up there. It's all good. Sometimes we have technical difficulties. And uh, CJ plays the audio for Moneyline. But that's okay. Speaking of Moneyline, now maybe it was intentional. Maybe I just like subconsciously meant to do that so I could plug in Moneyline. If you're a college football fan, you really need to go check out our college football podcast, Moneyline. It is the best college football gambling podcast it's presented by me and ben king we just did a full preview of um fbs we did our top 10 rankings which we do every year along with some other stuff uh, that was last week um tomorrow we're going to start our conference previews the acc that's coming up tomorrow so we're going to go through that conference it's going to be a lot of fun so make sure you go to money line you can find us on spreaker spotify uh Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, we're we're on there. Um all right, so Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. I'm going to make the argument again that I think Robbie Anderson presents more fantasy value than DJ Moore. Okay, first off, let's look at let's look at what both of these players have had. Okay? Both of these players have not had a star wide receiver on the other side of the field since they've been in the league. That much is true. And that, I think, hurts a lot of receivers. I think a lot of receivers have less production than they should because of a lack of a star player on the other side of the field. Um, Like Amari Cooper in Oakland, you could see the value. Then he goes to Dallas, they've got other receivers in that locker room, and now you can't just game plan for Amari Cooper because you've also got Ezekiel Elliott on that team. So because of that, defensive coordinators don't get as much time to just take him out of the game. The problem with DJ Moore last year, a lot of it was, and the same with Robbie Anderson, is if you saw the Panthers on your schedule, you're like, you know what? just circle DJ Moore. like we're going to plan for McCaffrey first. We're going to plan for DJ Moore second. If we can take care of both of those guys, we win the game. Um, it, it, but again, with Robbie Anderson, that was even more exasperated because Le'Veon Bell has not performed to what the Jets wanted him to be. Robbie Anderson has very legitimately been the only star receiver, star player in that Jets offensive locker room since he got there. And since he got there, he has had three three years with over 700 receiving yards. His rookie year, so he's been in the league four years, his rookie year, he had less than that, 587, but he only started half the year. Keep that in mind. 2018, again, only started nine games, ended up with 750 yards, and last year he had 780 receiving yards as well. And that was with, Sam darnold getting the kissing disease and being out for I think it was like what six games so his star his quarterback goes out they have to bring in a backup he has to deal with that for you know five six games so even when he was in, he still wasn't getting the production he's capable of because he's literally the only part about that offense that gave any defensive coordinators any sort of stress. Well now he goes into Carolina. Now you're putting him on the other side of DJ Moore. So if you're a defensive coordinator, here's what you've got to plan for. So first, you have to plan for Christian McCaffrey. That has to be your number 1. We got to circle him. That's who we got to take out of the game. And then it becomes, okay, but well once we take Christian McCaffrey out of the game, which probably means you can't you can't put any less than six guys on the box. So six guys on the box, that only gives you five guys really linebacker secondary that now now you've got to focus on the passing game with just five guys. Okay. Well, DJ Moore is going to take at least one corner in a safety with him. So now you got three guys. Well, you can't just let Ian Thomas the tight end roam free. So now you've really got two guys. So rather than three guys, three, four guys all being focused on taking Robbie Anderson out of the game, really, it's just a man-on-man match with the corner, and then you hope the safety picks it up. So I think you're going to see Robbie Anderson get a whole lot more touches this year. He's never had a season with under 75 targets. He's never had a season with under 40 receptions. Since his rookie season, he's never had a season with under 50 receptions. Um, as high 2017, he had 63 receptions that year and close to 1,000 receiving yards. I think you're going to see his production go up. Now, I know what you're saying saying, okay, well, look, DJ Moore, you know, he had more than that last year, second year in the league, he had 87 receptions, 135 targets, first year in the league had 82 targets, 50 or 82, or I'm sorry, 55 receptions, 788 yards is rookie year, over a thousand receiving yards last year. Yes, the guy had a lot of yards last year. I'm not going to dispute that, but last year, Last year, defensive coordinators didn't really even know about him. Now they know about him. Now they're going to be game planning. Here's the other thing, and this is probably the bigger thing. Look at the touchdowns between the two. DJ Moore, rookie season, only two touchdowns. Last year, only four touchdowns. Robbie Anderson, again, two touchdowns first year. That's that's his rookie season. Second year, seven. Uh, 2018, he had six. Last year, he had five. And again, last year, Sam Darnold was out a whole heck of a lot. Now you bring in Teddy Bridgewater. And here's the thing about all of this. Matt Rule and Robbie Anderson go back to the Temple days. Those two know each other. Matt Rule knows how to game plan Robbie Anderson. He knows how to drop the X's and O's to get him open. He's got that chemistry. As great as DJ Moore is. There's no chemistry there yet. It's going to take a while for those guys to really figure each other out. And now you bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Now everybody's saying, if you look at Teddy Bridgewater, his stats last year, because like last year when Teddy Bridgewater was playing, he literally just threw to Michael Thomas. Like five games, Michael Thomas had 47 receptions and 586 yards in five games. 586 yards in five games. Like, that's absurd. And it's not realistic at all. If, if Michael Thomas had done that, if he had done that type of production all season long, he would have had close to 2,000 receiving yards. Okay, so we know, as great as that was, Teddy Bridgewater isn't coming here and duplicating that with DJ Moore. It's, it's just not going to happen. I, I like DJ Moore. He's not Michael Thomas. But the other thing is, is... You can't look at that and think, oh, well, Teddy Bridgewater just, you know, found Michael Thomas and just really hit it off with him. And so he's just going to find DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and that's going to be his guy. No, you have to go back to 2015 and 2014 with Teddy Bridgewater because that's more or less what you're going to get. If you go back to those years, Teddy Bridgewater spreads the ball around his best receiver over both of those years, Greg Jennings. And then a second year, he got rookie Stefan Diggs. So this is going to be the first year he's really had. I mean, I would make the argument let's say DJ Moore is the best receiver on the team. And let's say Robbie Anderson's the second best receiver on the team. Well, I would make the argument that even in that case, Robbie Anderson this year will be better than Stefan Diggs was his rookie year. Stefan Diggs was great. That's fine. But Robbie Anderson's been in the league for a while. So now you get two guys that I think are better. Than the best receiver Teddy Bridgewater really had when he was a franchise quarterback. Take Michael Thomas out of the equation. That's silly. Like that's that's Walt Disney numbers. That's that's numbers that aren't real. You don't you don't go on vacation every day of your life. You remember those days, but they're not real. That's not real. What's real is what he did in Minnesota, and that's more or less what I think you're going to see in Carolina. Is Bridgewater will spread the ball around to these two guys. And to Curtis Samuel. Now, would I take Robbie Anderson over Curtis Samuel? 100%. Would I take Robbie Anderson over DJ Moore? Not necessarily. I think Robbie Anderson has more value. Here's where I think this is going to... How I think this is going to play out. You have to look at the schedule. Okay. So, this schedule, this season, they're going to start off... Panthers are going to start off with the Raiders. Then they go at Tampa, at LA, home against Arizona at Atlanta home against Chicago. What Matt Rule understands is that those first 6 games, that is the prime opportunity for this team to win and set up their season for success. If they come out of those 6 games and they're stumbling and they're undisciplined and they they can't can't find a way to win, they're going to start off the year like 1 and 5, they're going to end the year like 4 and 12. It's going to be really really ugly. You got to come out of those six games no less than three and three. He knows that. So the first six games, what are you going to get? A lot of familiarity. So I think early in the season, Robbie Anderson will be outperforming DJ Moore. After week six, okay, after week six, they're going to New Orleans on October 25th. That's where I think DJ Moore then starts to hold a lot of value because what the Saints are going to do, they're going to focus a lot of attention on Christian McCaffrey, and then at this point, if my theory is right, Bobby Anderson has more production than DJ Moore. So what does that mean? That means they're going to focus. They're going to defensive coordinator is going to be looking at it and go. You know what, Christian McCaffrey, he's the star of the team. We got to find a way to take him away, and. I I know DJ Moore is good, but Robbie Anderson's the one getting all the passes. So we got to find a way to take him away. So I think that opens the door for DJ Moore. So if this were me, what's going to happen is DJ Moore is going to get crazy value. He's going to go like high three, high four. He's going to go crazy high. He'll be like third round, fourth round. If it's an auction draft, I guess we'll get like 40, 50 bucks, whatever it is. Um, So what I would do is I would say if you're going to draft these receivers, Put more value in Robbie Anderson early in your draft. Then around week five, week six, make a trade for DJ Moore because he will have a lot of value right then. People are going to be looking at his production going, you know what, gosh, I, I spent 50 bucks on this guy or I took him in like the second or the third round of the draft and he's just not performing. I'd be willing to trade with him. So people are going to be willing to trade DJ Moore, but... DJ Moore at that point will have been on will have been with Matt Rule, would have been with Teddy Bridgewater for a while. He's gonna start to get himself familiar with the offense. And defensive coordinators are gonna start moving attention over to Robbie Anderson. So it's not that I necessarily think DJ Moore isn't going to isn't going to be as good of a receiver as Robbie Anderson or isn't as talented as Robbie Anderson's got nothing to do with that. It's that if you look at the way this thing's going to shake down with COVID and if you look at the schedule, there's a lot of pressure to win early. So you're going to get a lot of the players that Matt rule knows, you're going to get a lot of the players that Teddy Bridgewater gets really familiar with playing. And those are going to be the guys that are getting a lot of the production and a lot of the attention. And then about midway through the season, Teddy Bridgewater is going to know who his teammates are. Matt Rule is going to know what players he has on his roster. He's going to know how to make all of that work. These players are going to understand the playbook. They're going to understand the schemes better. And that's when Matt Rule will be able to open things up a little bit more. So that's where I think DJ Moore's value lies is later on in the year. So what I would do with this, again, is I would stay away from DJ Moore in these drafts. Just because I think he's going to get, I think he's going to get a whole lot more attention than he should. I think he's going to go way overpriced. But about week five, week six, I think that value comes down. I think that price comes down. Now you can trade them. Maybe trade a couple of players that really popped earlier in the season that you don't feel super confident about, and now you can go out and get DJ Moore for a reasonable price, and he's going to be really, really good later on in the year. Um, all right, let's quickly, before we get off here, let's talk about this defense and what you're going to get. Um, listen, I would not. It, 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 listen, every defense in this league, I think, has the potential to get picked up at some point throughout the season, um, except maybe Jacksonville, just because I, I don't know if they're actually trying to win or not. And then New England, just because maybe, I, I don't know if you're even going to have enough players to fill the team up there. They may literally be asking fans to come suit up for them. Um, so, but every other defense in the league, I think at any point in time, you could pick up, I would not draft Carolina at all though. Um, especially if you look at these first few games. So let's talk about the Raiders for a minute. So John Gruden, he wants to win this year, but more than win, he wants to prove his worth, which is on the offensive side of the ball. The Raiders have a good running game. They also have Derek Carr, who, again, I don't think is the greatest quarterback, but I don't think he's as bad as people think either. Derek Carr is also wanting to prove his worth. I think the Raiders, first game of the season, away from home, whether or not this works, which I think the Panthers actually win game one, whether or not this works, I think the Raiders are going to be throwing the ball in all, awful lot in that opening week i think they're going to be very very good offensively so i think the raiders are going to score a lot of points opening week so i don't think again panthers defense really is a ton of value there second week they go at tampa that's the most explosive offense in the league perhaps outside of maybe kansas city um so i don't think again there that's a lot of value now week three they go at the chargers i think there's a whole lot more value there because potentially you're going up against tyrod taylor um so I mean week week three with the Chargers I think maybe has more value um and, and then week four they come home they play Arizona I don't like that one either because now I've got DeAndre Hopkins Kyler Murray's had a year under his belt I think Arizona' is gonna be an offense that scores points um October 11th they go at Atlanta toss up this is where I think Carolina could have value is now you come home October 18th. If Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback for the bears, then I would absolutely 100% pick up the the Panthers here. So the Panthers, the defense is really, really young, right? They went all, all rookies in the draft. You're going to get at least three of those guys starting. Um, Derek Brown will start. Yet gross Matos will start Jeremy chin. They're all going to start. It's a young defense. It's going to take time for them to figure it out. The first part of the season. Which is why, for me, like, I mean, Justin Herbert, whether or not he has a good rookie or not, his best opportunity to have a good game is September 27th. Kyler Murray's best opportunity to show he has grown is October 4th against the Panthers. Um, Dan Quinn, his best opportunity to prove that the Falcons are in a complete mess is October 11th against the Panthers' defense, which is young and inexperienced. Well, about week six, week seven, Again, even though they're young, they're going to start figuring things out. Then you get a quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, who's absolutely awful. I think he's the worst starting quarterback in the league. Um, even that guy that, that Jacksonville has starting. Shoot, what mustache dude. Blanking on his name right now. He's better than Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky's awful. So I think that's where the Panthers get going to value. Players are starting to learn the playbook, starting to figure it out. Um, Mitch Trubisky is starting. There's a lot of value there. Um, I would stay off of the Panthers uh, on October 25th. They go back to the Saints home against the Falcons again, the Falcons, and this is going to be a night game. The Falcons are very, very good. They're sneaky. Good on the road. They really are. So I wouldn't take them. I wouldn't take the Panthers defense on October 29th, because I think that's an opportunity for the Falcons. To just blow the doors off. Um, November 8th at Kansas City as long as Patrick Mahomes is starting wouldn't take the defense. November 15th, home against Tampa wouldn't take the defense there. November 22nd, home against Detroit. Is, Is Matt Stafford starting? What's this receiving core like? Is Matt Patricia even the coach? So like what I would probably do is that week before November 15th, go ahead and pick up the Panthers defense, put it on my bench and then November 22nd Again, if you're in one of these deeper leagues, I think the Panthers' defense, something to prove. If they're not in the playoff race, weirdly, I think that actually helps because you've got a lot of rookies that are looking to make the team for next year. This defense is going to put forth a really good effort. It's at home. They're going to want the win. I think it's a great pickup November 22nd. November 29th, they're at Minnesota. It's a one o'clock game. Listen, Kirk Cousins at home. One o'clock, it's like the trifecta of don't touch it. Um, I would not have the Panthers there. December 6th, they get a bye. Finally get a bye. Then they come home, play Denver. Um, I think you go either way here. To me, Denver feels really, really unpredictable. Drew Locke, I think, could be in for a great year. Drew Locke, I think, could be in for a horrendous year. I'm not sure which way that one's going to go. So, But I do like Matt Rule. I like the bye week. The kids get a week off. They're going to come back well rested. Come back at home playing a team traveling from the west side of the country. There's a lot of factors. I would have that game against Denver circled on the 13th. A lot of you will be in playoff contention at that point. I think Panthers defense has has a lot of value there. Um, week. Uh, let's see, December 20th at Green Bay. Not a lot of value. And then some of you are going to be in leagues that go up to week 16. Panthers are at um, Washington. And formerly the Redskins. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to stop saying it. I'm sorry, but formerly the Redskins, December 27th at Washington. Um, Panthers go there. Again, it, it all depends. Do you like Dwayne Haskins? By this point, we're going to know who Dwayne Haskins is. If he's the starter, if he's the franchise quarterback, Stay off the Panthers. But if he's if he looks rough, and if that offense looks rough, and I mean it's it's Ron Rivera's first year there. He's a defensive guy. I don't know what you are going to get from that offense week or, or by week sixteen. But if it's looking rough, I think the Panthers, again, Week 16, a lot to prove. This game is sandwiched between Green Bay and New Orleans. They will have nothing more than to go into Washington, pick up a win before coming home and playing the Saints and ending the year. So I think there's a lot of, again, Week 16, if you're in that championship game, you know, I think there's just the matchup. I think there's a lot of value on the Panthers. So the Panthers to me are not a team that I would draft, but if you look at the schedule, I think you can make sense of it by playing matchups. I would stay off of them until October 18th when they come home to play the Bears. And then again, Bears on the 18th, Lions on the 22nd, Broncos circle that one on the 13th and formerly the Redskins on December 27th are all games that would keep eyes on because I think the Panthers defense has a tremendous amount of value in those games. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for listening. Again, Moneyline tomorrow will be on. Ben King and I will be previewing the ACC conference. So if you're a college football fan, if you're a betting junkie like me, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Um, We will be doing that. You guys have a great weekend. This is the full press coverage, Panthers podcast. Junior at first down to the Uh, 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 13.
1: Newt's looking that way. And now fires for Gandalf Field.